The Korean FC podcast is kindly sponsored by Radio Taxis. Give them a call, 70353-709. They know the score. Damien Mullen here. Welcome along to the Korean FC podcast. Uh, a third week of the podcast, and that means a third week of the season. And uh, with three games gone, I'm pleased, delighted to say that Korean are sitting proudly at the top of the Danske Bank Premiership with three wins from three games. Um, quite the start for Korean, who I suppose in, in recent years traditionally haven't started that particularly well. So, uh, while nobody's getting carried away at this early stage, I think everyone is delighted with the, the progress that is being made. Um, and my uh, co-presenter, Jonathan McNabb, is with me here. Johnny, we were both at Carrick Rangers last night, which was Tuesday by the time we are recording this podcast. And um, fair to say, another good performance by Korean, but more importantly, three points. Yeah, it's always a, a tough place to go, and it was good they, they get the result, obviously. Um, Chevy seems to be, he can't miss at the minute. Um, weird sort of a game. I think Carrick will probably play worse and win this year. I was really impressed with them, too. Um, they missed a lot of chances. They had a few cleared off the line and hit the crossbar, I think, a couple of times as well. But um, and then obviously, Marty's probably made the save of the season from Curtis. So, But yeah, look, um, we can only focus on ourselves. A good win, and, and great to see Chevy amongst the goals and no injuries and, and everything else. Yeah, I mean, Chevy, you mentioned a hat-trick on Tuesday night, two goals against Portadown on the Saturday. And we both spoke to Oren Kearney after the game. And while obviously Oren was pleased that Shevlin had scored the three goals, I think he was even more impressed just by the manner of Chevy's performance and the way he led the line uh, in terms of like what a striker, what he wants from a striker. And I mean, that was quite telling, wasn't it, that, that Oren is seeing an improvement in Chevy? Yes, it's typical of Warren. I think he just wants, uh, we all know he's a, he's a perfectionist and he even said it himself after the match and the striker scores three goals and he said he still wants more from him. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably the biggest, you know, Chevy's still young, he's only 23. That's probably the part of the game where he would probably openly admit himself he might, need, you know, maybe brush up on in terms of holding the ball up and bringing more players into play. And But to be fair, last night he was brilliant at it. Um, he linked up well, obviously, with, with the front players and Glags and, and Evan as well. So, and Evans ball um, for Chevy too for the second goal as a cracker. And it'd be very, very easy for Chevy to maybe hit that first time and hit it wide, but he, he composed himself right at the keeper and scored. So it was a great performance, uh, five goals in two games and, and his tail will be up. Yeah, and as I said, uh, three, three wins out of three. And really, you can't ask for much more than that at this stage. So well done to all the, the players and the management for a, a terrific start Uh well, I'm, I'm delighted to say that this afternoon we're, we're joined by uh, a very popular Korean player. Just probably now we could call him an ex-player or a former player. Uh, I'm talking about Gareth McConaughey. And just last week, Gareth announced his retirement from the game. And um, Gareth, I'm delighted to say that you're joining us this afternoon. And does it seem strange when somebody calls you a former Korean player or an ex-Korean player, is it still sinking in? It's, uh, it's still strange, even, even I'm meeting people there maybe in the street or something, and they're saying about retiring, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm too young to retire, but unfortunately the knee just hasn't, hasn't healed the way I was expecting it to heal, and uh, the, the decision had to be made. I mean, how tough a decision was it, Gareth, or in the end, was it an easy enough decision? Because you said that the knee injury it wasn't clearing up and, and you've had a, the problem for quite a while now. In the end, was it an easy enough decision just to go, that's it, and, and, and just to let it go now? No, it was everyone but easy. Uh, like Obviously, the players and management and medical staff would know I spent a majority of last year in the gym and I trained probably trained as hard as ever he trained just to stay in shape so be ready to come back and the hope that the operation was able to success um felt good after the operation but i come back and done a win sessions trained myself for a bit 
and I thought I was getting some for it, but then it's just uh, I kind of just flared up again, and I kind of probably, in fairness, probably at the start of pre-season, and I would done my first session, I felt good. Then I had a wee niggle left at the second session, and I was thinking, I think I even said to Alan, that uh, if, it, if it goes back to square one again, that's me done. I kind of mentally challenging. It was one of the hardest things I ever had today. And then it's just no, it's not much fun when you're in the gym. Um, you see boys are in you, it's doing their wee bit of rehab, and then they're back in the pitch, and then I'm still, I'm still there in the gym. Just trying, and it's got frustrating to the point where enough was enough. You see, I suppose that's the point, or that's the part that people on the outside, like supporters and, and the media, even don't get to see Gareth. You know, we see the, the glamorous side of the football and, and winning games and enjoying the, the plaudits that come with that. But the, the flip side of that, as you say, is those long days that you spend in the gym, maybe on your own, just training and the hope that you're going to get back. And I'm guessing, you know, was there many dark days, Gareth, where it really started to affect you, just even physically and mentally, I suppose? Yeah, there was a lot of them days where I'd suppose if we had a chat with Alan and Orn, the amount of times I was saying, no, I'm training. I'm, I just want to train. I'll be all right. I'll play. I was, I was very frustrating. I wanted to be the best of patients. Um, I suppose it's just got to a point where even... I was defeated in that there. It was just getting, so it was basically soul destroying. All I wanted to do is go and join in as part of the team and try and do my bit, but that just never, never happened for me. I know that, Johnny. That must be so hard. Like when you're and you're around the club an awful lot, and you know you put yourself in Gareth's position there where you're training and you, all you want to do is get back in among the squad and to go and play. And to not be able to do that despite all your best efforts and all your hard work, it must be soul-destroying, as Gareth said. Yeah, I've never met a footballer or even a sportsman who's been a good watcher or watches their, their just good at watching their teammates play play football and they, they just want to go out there and help them. And I think as well for, for Gareth, they, they go through what he has and even over the last year and then just they just can't get back and get over it. It must be mentally very, very difficult even, even away from football as well. And it's hard to keep yourself because obviously Gareth's in good shape. He's always kept himself in good shape and must be very, very hard to keep yourself in good shape but then you can't use your good shape out in the pitch because of, of your knee. So, yeah, it's pretty much of a, of a double whammy and it's one of them ones where he's probably in that mindset where he never wants to retire. He wants to go out there and kick football. He, he still feels young and, and everything he's said. And it's one of the things where you, it just can't happen and it, it just must be so, so frustrating. Yeah, Gareth, I'm just thinking, can you remember the time the, the time of getting the initial injury? I mean, does it, can you remember in your head where and when it happened? It, uh, it happened the first game of the season a couple of years ago away to Glentorn. I I think it was just midway through the first half. I got like a burning sensation in my patellar tendon. And never thought I'd know it. As footballers day, we always think we're, you no, know, we'll be all right, we'll play on. So I played on, and really since then, it's, it hasn't ever really settled. I managed to play on through it a wee bit. Got a win, a, I think in total, I had maybe three cortisone jags into it, so be able to play. Um, but even even that, that, the first gym was successful. The second and third never really made a difference. And then how many operations would you have had then to try to repair the damage that was caused? So I had two operations. Uh, basically I had the same issue with both knees but one my left knee was was uh, less of an issue than my right knee but the surgeon decided it would be best today both at the same time so we done both and my right knee is stronger is better than ever it was but it's my left knee it's actually gave me the trouble and unfortunately you need both knees to be playing football oh, yeah. unfortunately Gareth um, that's it. well you can you, at that standard you, wouldn't, you didn't get really you didn't get away with playing with injuries very few do and you know it's been very hard 18 months two years of just constantly trying to get back to that fitness and trying to re return to the, the first team squad etc and I know you said it was a difficult decision to make and obviously it is because you don't want to give up something that you love so much but I'm wondering now that the decision has been made 
do you feel like a sense of relief now that you don't have to try to get back now and that, that you can just kind of close that chapter and say, okay, that's gone now. And there's a certain relief attached to that. <laughs> if, only it, if only it was like that. No, even <laughs> last night with the game, uh, we, the boys were really correct. I was sitting watching that. Uh, we're watching the, highlight, the report note and I was sitting thinking to myself, I should be there. I should be there, but obviously I'm not. And uh no, I think I think that'll take a wee while. The, the frustration of being in the change room and not being able to go out and like get that release and training or get the, the feeling of willing again, that might take a wee while. You mentioned the change room there and it's it's apt that you do that because anybody that you know was a follower of the club and maybe seen the video that it's like quite an emotional video actually on the oh club. <laughs> Uh, no, but it was it was it was a very touching um, video. I mean, it showed obviously you were being interviewed and Orman's been interviewed, and then the video ended, and it was a lovely touch with um, yourself in the change room, and, and obviously manager Owen spoke a few words, and it was very evident from what the pictures were showing was it just how much and how well you were regarded by your teammates in the changing room, and I think that harks back to what you're saying it's hard to let that go then when you're so close to yeah. a bunch of like really good friends that's it not, I think not only really friends there are people that I got to share memories with that I'll probably hear the rest of my life uh, for what the club has done for me personally regarding this injury and needless to say everyone else they've done is that like I don't even know how they go about praising them enough um, but I was, I was a wee bit tear-jerking and changing room, thinking, like, I've been there about six years or so, and I, it was, I was more emotional than I thought it was going to be, to be fair. <laughs> uh, and then uh, that was her, even saying bye-bye to the boys, and then it was nice of Orn to invite me down, and I appreciate that the fact that Orn and Big Dave took time to Give me that there uh, recognition on the club. Uh, but uh, it was a sad night. I came home to Emma and it was, she could just tell there, there was a wee bit of sadness there. Understandably so. I mean, Johnny, I think it just shows you how well regarded Gareth was among his peers and the, and the group. And I think supporters will be the same. And I think, I mean, maybe you could uh, enlighten me more. Is there, um, I think, maybe a thing happening on the Friday night at the Glenavon game in terms of maybe getting fans able to say goodbye to Gareth? Yeah, yeah. First of all, it was the Orn so many just about the Gareth situation. And and yeah, he deserved a, a fantastic video. I'm, I'm a simple video guy. I can just go up, simple video. There <laughs> we go. But I think Gareth deserved there. And I said that to Orn, I goes, get Dave. He, he's the man for that. So, uh, yeah, the video was great. Um, 11 minutes. And it was it just flew in. It was just it was, it was just nice of Orn and the players and stuff in the change room, just totally off the cuff um, situation and, and everyone else. And, and yeah, it just goes to show you how well I thought of Gareth was. And whenever the news went out, my phone just kept on bleeping. I had to, had to turn it off just with the, with the notifications. So in terms of Friday night, from what I gather, I think um, Gareth's two youngers are going to be mascots, from what I believe. And there's going to be a farewell or Gareth's going to go out to the crowd. I don't know if that's at um, halftime or before the match. So it's a nice send-off for Gareth too. I think he, he deserves it. Um, as I say, going through the, the list of accolades that he had and Team of the Year and the penalty Mario Boer and... 144 games and won an Irish Cup man of the match, an Irish Cup final on his birthday. His dad was there watching them playing matches and stuff like that. So those are memories you're never going to obviously take away from Gareth. So um, stuff like that needs to be needs to be recognised. It does, and I mean Gareth, when Johnny's listing that those accolades or achievements, whatever you want to call them, I mean they're, they're very impressive and they're great memories to have. Um, could you even contemplate achieving any of those things when you came to the club? Uh, six years ago, I mean, you had a, a couple of different clubs before you came to Corian, and I think maybe Orn had mentioned something about that in the video. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he had tried to get you, or whatever the case may be. But did you have you achieved everything that you wanted to at Corian, or did you achieve more, or, or, or would you like to have achieved more? Um, in some ways, I achieved overachieved, uh, in some other ways, I would want more. Uh, we got close to the league a couple of times. We just never, never had the killer instinct. Uh, 
But I uh, always want more. I would love another 144 appearances on top of what I hate. But again, it's just life. I believe like things happen for a reason in life. And this was just, this happened for, oh, for a reason. That was my time to step away and let somebody else come in and hey, I crack at it themselves. Uh, well, I mean, when you look at it, 144 appearances, very good. If, um, Irish Cup winner, man of the match in the Irish Cup. Team of the Year, League Cup winner. I mean, with the greatest of respect, there's a lot of Korean players that have come and gone in their careers and never achieved half of that. Yeah. So that, that's that's an incredible in yeah. itself, isn't it? That's, that's, I, it's incredible, yeah. But I suppose if you asked any of the other boys in the team, in the current team at the minute, they'd be thinking, we want Mayor. We want Mayor. It's all, that's the whole point of the way we do it. We go in the middle of the winter, freezing, snowy nights, to maybe get slapped with a ball just to prepare for that game on a Saturday. And like I don't I think if you if you were happy with what you had then you're maybe playing the wrong sport. So you, you should always pay higher standards and try and achieve mayor as much as you can, if no mayor. And does that come from the players themselves or the players and the management or who drives that on? Is it just a, a general thing within the change room, Gareth? I think in the I would say in the first Maybe first year or so we done well. I think we got we got to the Irish Cup and got got absolutely hammered with Anfield. <laughs> and uh, then uh, the following year, it's as if everybody had that wee bit between their teeth. They wanted mayor. You sing, you hear boys in the change room saying they're training extra nights, they're doing this in the gym, they're doing that. And then that that kind of gives you as a group. Not only is Orn wanting that, but Orn it Orn expects that. Uh, but as players, if you hear other players doing extra, you're thinking, right, I need to help my game here. So in general, I think I would actually say the whole squad now is probably training maybe three nights, maybe four nights. Their sales, maybe I think they're doing two nights with the club and then a night in the gym that they hate to report back to the coaching staff. And I would say they're probably squeezing in another night just to prepare because everybody else is, as you know, full time, majority now, the bigger teams. So we had our aim wee bit at, uh, at the gym ourselves to make sure we're um, we're contending. And as you see now, it's, it's paying off. First three games has been absolutely great. That, that's what you have to do to compete now, isn't it? I mean, the, yeah. the bar has just been raised right across the league. Um, in terms of just reflecting on your career, and we, we've talked about your various achievements, I'm just wondering when you sit down, um, what would be your best, memory of your personal highlights uh, of it all Gareth my personal highlight um, I would go obviously winning the Irish Cup was unbelievable but the semi-final prior to the Irish Cup we played Lauren at Balamina Showgrounds and Darcy was I think she was only maybe four, five maybe and I said her all week that if daddy scores I'll come early so me with me, I was thinking, I'm never scoring. I'm, my job is keeping it. But anyway, I scored the second goal. We, I went one each, and then I scored the second goal. And I think there's even, I was looking at pictures the other day. Skinner and Brad caught the hell of me. And Stevie O'Donnell was just telling them, just let him go. <laughs> so I wanted to go to the weigh So I got to the weigh anyway. So that there's, that there's a highlight. That there's something, like even seeing the pictures that last week, I was looking through some pictures, and it was nice just seeing that there. That's a memory that'll always be there. Very good. I mean, Johnny, have you any particular special memories of, of Garth in a blue and white stri- shirt? Uh, whenever you're at matches and you're close to the pitch, it's always great hearing Garth shouting at people because you always wonder, you, you probably realise, and I don't want to disrespect Garth, but he's got a very broad accent, and you're wondering, did that person understand what he just said? Um, there's a couple of good free kicks. I think there was one against Crusaders. I, think I was thinking free kicks too, yeah. I think it was Rodney's first one as Korean boss from the Crusaders. I think, I think we won 1 0 that day. Mm. Um, he also scored, I think, against Crusaders away. It definitely hit your arm. I think he punched it in. That was a handball. Great, great, <laughs> great finish that night. Uh, they all count. They all count. Yeah, they all do. But um, yeah, those two obviously spring to mind um, as well. And obviously the, the performance in, in the cup final as well. Um, you and Stevie O'Donnell, I think you were sort of ahead of bricks that day. If you had the one, so um, yeah, probably that whole season. Um, 
I speak about it all the time. We we probably too too many draws, unfortunately. If you even lost half, yeah. won the other half, you would have probably won the league. So, but no, those those memories obviously obviously um spring to mind and the penalty of Maribor um as well because I think he only came on at half time and extra time maybe or even and yeah um and I wouldn't even want to be playing then, but then <laughs> you were struggling with any injury and brought you on and I think he kicked. He said he he said he kicked everyone that moved that when he that. Uh. Yeah, just stuff like that will we'll obviously... But, but I suppose, Gareth, when you look back at that European experience as well, I mean, with the greatest of respect, you know, there you are, a guy, a, a, you know, a young lad from Dervik, et cetera, you know, and, and getting to play and, and playing for Korean, and all of a sudden, you know, you're part of a history-making Korean side, yeah, one of the, a, a leading light in European football. I mean, that must have been a moment where you just sort of went, pinch yeah. me moment. Oh, big time. But even... Prior to the game, I think we were expected just to get rolled, just to be rolled there, but that that wasn't the case. Orman never that mindset just doesn't creep into the changing room. Uh, but the whole experience in Europe was just even not only Maribor but everywhere else we got to travel. Uh, it was an experience over a lifetime, and and that that is if you had asked me for a joint career or even when a joint career, did you see that happening? I would have been like, no, I'm just happy enough to. To be here at Karen, but what we got to achieve together is is a lot. And, and obviously, um, people know you. <clears throat> excuse me, and you come from a football family. You know your your dad, well known Willie as well, and takes photographs um, around the leagues and, and also with Korean. And I suppose it's a big deal for not just for you, Garth, to have such a, a an illustrious career at Korean, but for the likes of your father and, and the rest of your family and, and obviously your wife, Emma, and your children as well. And that, that counts for a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. Me, in fairness, my dad hasn't really spoke too much <laughs> about it since I actually <laughs> made the decision. Uh, he kind of, he keeps saying to me, well, what are you for doing? And it's just like, I'm not doing nothing. That's just, that's, that's just the way it is. And then, the Wayans keep saying to me, uh, well, obviously, they're young. They don't really understand. They're just like, when are we going back down in the football again? <laughs> so they're all like, they're mere, they're, they kind of wait to get down on Friday night. And so I says to him about that there, they're early moon. So we'll get to see one of the boys again, who's always great with the kids and uh, probably eat some of the sweets that's in the changing room. <laughs> Very good. And that, I suppose that'll be... A better speed experience for you, you know, because on one hand, you'd obviously want to be out on the pitch playing or at least being in the squad. But on the flip side of that, now you can spend more time with your, your girls. And, yeah. and 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 that's an important time too, isn't it? You know, you and the girls enjoying the football. And it will take a bit of adjustment, I, I, I suppose, for you. But hopefully you get to enjoy that, if that's yeah. the right word. <laughs> oh, well... I think that played a part in the, the decision too. There's a many times of training and then we were saying maybe done playing football or something in the, the green and I would have been sore kicking about or messing about with them and it was just getting to the stage where like, like life wasn't a, that's not the way life might be. So that there played a big part on it. I need to be able to run and carry on with the kids. Yeah. And uh, I, they, I'll take a wee while but I'm sure they'll fund me plenty <laughs> plenty today <laughs> they'll certainly test that knee anyway that's for sure <laughs> um, well, we talked about sort of that highlights and stuff um, in terms of playing uh, Johnny mentioned there your partnership with Stevie O'Donnell and, and I mean that was a tremendous partnership and you played with some great players as well And but in terms of players that you played against or toughest opponents I'd be interested you know who did you who would you have Find the toughest, or who did you respect, or whatever? Um, I respected them them all. Mm. They're there for a reason, so you hate giving them respect. Um, but probably toughest would have been David McDade's movements crazy. His coming and behind you, his movements frightening. Uh, Joe Gormley and Andy Waterworth. <laughs> Andy, I still have nightmares about Andy Waterworth that day of the cup final. He absolutely tortured us. He scored three that day, and it was just like he was just on another level that day. But them three, them three is definitely up there. Uh, I, I mean, Johnny, those three that Gareth mentioned, I mean, they're there for a reason, and I know they're among the leading Irish league strikers at probably arguably all time, aren't they? 
Yeah, we, we've seen David McDeer and, and Waterworth punish us in so many times. Yeah. Obviously, David McDeer was with us for six months and had done a lot of damage as well. And yeah, three three good strikers that, that Gareth's just mentioned there. So yeah, I wouldn't fancy coming up against them either. So um, God yeah. love you. And Joe Gormley, of course, speaks for himself. And just, you know, you mentioned that. And when you sit back now, Gareth, I know we'll move on in a minute, but just, <clears throat> I'd like to just, any regrets at all or no regrets, as they say? Um, no, I don't really, I don't know, even in general life, I don't really regret whatever a day, a day for a reason. Um, it's just saying things. If it's, uh, Rash tackle, then that's the rash tackle I wanted to make. <laughs> uh, you, would, you, would, you wouldn't do that, would you? <laughs> uh, well, it's, that's happened a many times. So uh, it's just them things. No, I wouldn't hear any regrets. Um, no. Well, that's always good, isn't it? You know, yeah. leaving something and just being able to go, nope, no regrets, just move on. I couldn't have yeah. done any more. I hope, well, for me, I did, but I hope for everybody else, whenever I did play and got the chance to play, they seen I was playing at my full potential, and uh, that's, that's all you can offer. Everybody goes out there and everybody tries to make a mistake run, but sometimes these happen, things happen. And what about in terms of the future, Gareth? I mean, I know it's maybe early days to, to, to make a decision, but long term, I mean, do you want to stay in the game in, in some capacity as a coach or a manager potentially down the line or not? No, I didn't see that happening. Um, Again, go back to the wins. I would say they'll be, they'll be, they'll be starting their wee. Well, Darcy plays football already. Faith's not interested in football, so I don't know what she's going to play or day. But I'm sure they'll fence on, and so I'll spend my Saturdays maybe gallivanting with them the way my mom and dad had to gallivant with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, comes full circle, doesn't it? That's it. But well, that's only fair. You you try to give them the best, like everybody does, but. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, well, we'll move on from, from your... We've talked a good bit about yourself, uh, um, Gareth, but um, you mentioned earlier on as well that the start that Corey ended made this year, the three wins we talked about. Um, and probably what's really notable is the changes that were made in the summer, Gareth. I mean, it's like, I think, eight, uh, eight new arrivals in the summer. Um, and quite a few of them have featured in the first three games. And I suppose from a playing point of view, Garth, that's the way the thing works, isn't it? Any any change in room, there's always going to be changes. And was it was it inevitable that this summer was going to see a, a major influx of new new faces? Yeah, I think the club and Orn as standards were last year, I think it's fair to say, even the boys. We kind of we never performed where we should have or we wanted to be, um, and then Orton is probably, for me, he's probably the best manager in the league, uh, the way he works with his budget and the way he brings players through and gives them a chance. Uh, so Orton's made the decision to revamp a brave way battle of the squad, and again, it's it's clearly working. That needed to be done. Fresh faces and always brings mere competition. Uh, but the boys he brought in is the, the, the standard's crazy. Like, I was watching them train, and it's just the levels and the running distance that they're doing in training is crazy. And they up everybody else's training, too. That, that's the thing about it, isn't it? You know, when you bring in certain different kind of players, the other players that are already there have them to respond and to up their game. Have you been surprised by the way that Korean have started or was it not a surprise to you having seen them at close quarters at training and what they've been doing? No, I don't. I don't. No, surprise, no. Um, every player at the club is quality and they're there for a reason. Orn brought them in for a reason. So, no, no surprise. Maybe other people would say surprise, but see when you see them in a day, like in weeknights training and how hard they're working and like even in training, the training's like a hundred miles an hour. It's just crazy speed, and uh, no. So we hit the ground running this year, and long met last. I was just thinking, one of the players that he has brought in plays plays in a similar position to you, Gareth, and maybe not on like yourself. I'm talking about Kieran Farn here, who yep. 
many supporters that Corian would never have even heard of. Oren has plucked him from Derby. He has started the first three games alongside Adam Mullen and has looked very assured for somebody making that step up. And that's something similar to yourself, because when you came, you made that step up. And just I was wondering how you think he has got on so far. I think he's gone great. Uh, I also seen him in training and a few of the pre-season games that he actually played right back in. Uh, but again, it's just, he's adapted easily. So it just shows the quality of his. And Orange getting that their belief that he can do it. And he's repaying Orange already. By the first three games, I think he's been gone away. But I hadn't been at games. And he'd been that there keen to come back yet. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Gamway reports, he's been quality. Him and Adams struck up a decent person, partnership. And they've been solid. And it's the nature of football again that you've got Stevie O, the club captain, and obviously he's maybe coming back from injury. He's not 100% match fit, etc. You know, but he can't get his way into the team and yeah. neither can anybody else because Oren's going with the same starting lineup in the first three games. And again, that's all about competition for places, isn't it? Because once that's you're it. in, you need to make sure that you perform or else you're out. It's been like that there since I went to Corey and so... Oren will give you the chance. If you take the chance, and he always talks about money in the bank and keeping your shirt. So, like in the fairness, the results are speaking for themselves. There's no day really that has a case. go say here, I need a chance. The boys, the starting eleven's been on on form, but like didn't get me wrong. There's Stevie O, there's Stevie Lowry, uh, who else is there? Rodney Brown, James. There's a brave bench there who I'll be looking their chance. And I'm sure whenever they get that chance, they'll hopefully take it. And then another one that just came into my head was Marty Gallagher as well. I mean, Gareth Dean hasn't right. figured in the three games so far. Marty always comes in and Touchwood has never let the club down any time that he has come in. And I mean, Johnny, I know you sort of rave about it. Last night's save at Carrick Rangers was like, it was worth when it was worth a goal at the other end, wasn't it really? It was that good. If you put Curtis Allen in that position a hundred times, 99 goes into the back of the net and the one was just happened to be against us. And yeah, I see, you look at the goal Curtis scored last night, that was probably his toughest chance because mm-hmm. um, he, he probably should have scored in the first half as well with the ball over the top. He had a team effort straight at the keeper. So yeah, look, Marty, you know, some of these, I suppose, they, they Roman Wilson the way anytime he's played has, has never really let the let the club down. And it was a big save because we had just made it 3 1 at that stage, and that would have brought it back to 3 2 with about half an hour to, to go. So, um, yeah, big save. Um, and again, Mark would be, be delighted with that one. I asked him after, I goes, Where did that one come out? Um, but uh, no, big, big save. And um, and yeah, look, he's never let us down. And even on Saturday, against Port Island, I didn't have much to do, but whenever he did, it was with minimal with us. And how, how impressed. I don't think Marty, I think Marty is like, not everybody gives Marty the credit where he deserves. I think he's absolutely quality. Even I would, I would agree with you there, Gareth. I don't think he gets the, the, the credit that he deserves. No. For some reason, I don't know. Like, obviously, keepers are usually six foot plus, but Marty's absolutely quality. Even in training, he's, he's just dynamite to score by. And the ball at his feet, he could easily play midfield. That's just about you say. good with the ball at his feet. Just about you say that. He's, a, he's like a footballer. Never no. mind. He's a pro, he's a, a, a absolute, and the best that he's, he's the other, he's the other nicest people you'll meet, but you always seen that there and kind of felt that it doesn't get the credit he deserves to get. It should get. I would agree. I mean, for some reason, I don't know, some fans or whatever, they don't, they don't give him the credit, but I think the longer he stays inside, and yeah. the longer he performs the way he has done, then I, I don't see any reason why he doesn't get the credit. But, um, mm. I mean, the other signings as well, Johnny, I mean, they have all hit the ground running and they've all contributed already this early stage. I love watching Lee Lynch, regardless if it's matches or training or warm-ups. I was down at training the other week. I think I mentioned this last week in the podcast. And he was going mental absolutely everybody. And I think it was like mate aside. So that just tells you everyone. But you need that. You need that in a team mentality. Um it makes me tired just watching him. He's just ah, knocked up. His stats must be absolutely through the roof. Uh Evan McLaughlin, the weight of pass for Chevy's goal on Tuesday night was inch perfect. Um as well. And, and Dean Jarvis obviously in farm we, we spoke about too. And obviously Jack came on for his debut as well. And you've Mickey McCrubbin probably needs to get up to speed as well. So 
Yeah, it's an exciting time. So um, long way to continue. Hopefully, just everyone stays injury free. And I yeah. can't, I can't ever remind, apart from the season that Gareth was playing, that maybe Oren played the same team three times in a row. I can't remember that in ages. Even if you look at last season, we were going to matches, didn't even know what the team was going to be. Um, so there's a lot of settled squad there now. And, and I've mentioned this now probably the fourth week in a row and people were fed up listening to it. But the big credit you give Oren is he got the players in really early, the signings that he wanted. And he's able to gel a squad there and obviously play pre-season games together. So he probably does know his best team at the moment. It's great. And, you know, there's hopefully more to come. And talking a bit more to come, um, today is the uh, GCSE results day. I will say A-levels were last week. GCSEs are out today. Hopefully my daughter does okay, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, but with that in mind, um, obviously Korean have announced plans or details of a new education program and Jonathan McNabb uh, went along and spoke to Gary Deveni just to find out a little bit more about the program. Well, Gary, many, many thanks for, for joining us on the official Korean podcast uh, this afternoon and going by uh, your Instagram there, you're all over all over the world covering football and Super Cup in America and everyone, so uh, how was that? Yes, it's um, it's been a quite an eventful few months. Um, with work, we've been in Dallas, we've been in Portugal. I went to holidays in, in Italy as well, so it was nice to get there. Uh, and then we had the Super Cup in July. Must be must be hard to hide the money, Gary. <laughs> I'm very fortunate. Just the job I do, it's uh, it's always involved in football, so I get to I get to travel to certain certain tournaments around the world, which is nice. I know that the twenties have been back, um, and I think the sixteens and eighteens are back the week after next. Am I right, Sam? That's right. The eighteens are away to Dungannon on Friday the second, and the sixteens are at home to Dungannon on Saturday the third. So it's all it's all come around pretty quickly. Yeah, it's not it's not too long before everyone everyone comes back. But uh, on the task at hand, then we're we're going to obviously chat about the, the education um program and and chat us about it. Then uh, what is it and what is the program all about? Yeah, so it came about um, about, I think, 18 months ago, we kind of looked at what it would would be like to try and increase contact time for the youth players at the football club. Um, obviously, with the success that we've had bringing youth players through, we felt there was something more we could do. Uh, and the company I work for is a football management company, and they are essentially providers of AB tech in sport. And uh, you've got models like Larn and Glentorn who have had them for quite some years, um, and ourselves, like I said, we, we came across the idea about 18 months ago, worked on it, and um, yeah, we're finally here. So it's a, an opportunity for kids to come to the showgrounds to study BTEC sport, but also then train full-time as well. So something I'd love to have done when I was six, uh, coming out of GCSEs, and it's a great opportunity for somebody who has got a passion for football, but also wants to continue education after GCSEs. And Gary, who can apply for this now? Pretty much anyone, anyone with a passion of football. You don't have to be connected to a football club. Um, I've had those questions before. You could be from any football club. We've got some entrants from Ballet Castle and some from Balamoni at the minute and Limavati. So anyone in and around the area, anyone post GCSEs so just got the GCSEs or they will just be getting their GCSEs this year or this, this week. Um, and like I say, anyone who's got an interest in playing, but also continuing on their education. And speaking about the programme, how many hours a week will, will students spend in the classroom and then out in the, out in the pitch? Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice blend, nice mix. Um, so you're talking roughly between 12 and 15 hours in the classroom and then similar on the pitch. So depending on what the schedule is and depending on what the individual schedule is. So we may have players, for example, who are from Novavati, who train on different nights and boys here at Coleraine. So we have to mix up the times on the pitch to make sure that we're not overloading players. But you're talking probably anywhere about 10 to 12 hours on the pitch. And uh, overall, overall then as a club, how, how do you see this benefit in Coleraine in terms of, of player development? Huge. I think um, first and foremost, with allowing kids from different clubs to come in, it's only going to increase the quality that we have around the area. Uh, but then also with the boys here with us, they'll still be training twice a week with their own team. They'll be in with us, I think, over the course of the two year period. It's an increase of 480 hours contact time on the pitch, which is absolutely huge. And that's obviously on top of their own training and their own playing schedules. So massively, if you ask me, it's an opportunity for kids to really come and define the technical and tactical understanding. And aside then from the prescribed curriculum, what other areas of the game will, will students be exposed to? Yeah, so the curriculum itself um, is, there's 14 modules in it. Uh, 10 of them are mandatory and four of them are optional. But we can switch that about. And some of the modules include psychology. Some of them include performance analysis. Other areas are sports coaching, sports performance. So there's a practical element to it. 
and outside of the curriculum, we've got good links with the Irish Football Association. Uh, last year, in my previous school, we ran a 12-week coach education program. So the kids got to go through three different coaching courses, uh, which was part of, part of the program. Uh, on top of that, then we had some psychologists come in. Uh, we spoke to um, a number of people in around the local area. In Lisbon at that time, we ran sports um, organizations and we got chances for kids to go out into the community and actually put in practice some of the stuff they've learned. So on top of your curriculum, you've got the extra stuff in terms of the IFA. Um, we have really good contacts with uh, performance sports in Belfast. They're our senior academy director. So we'll hopefully bring those guys on board and do some performance analysis as well as strength and conditioning and nutrition. And as you say, the, the GCSE results are out um, today and there's a results day tomorrow. Um, chat us through that then. I think it starts at 11 o'clock in the morning. That's right. So we have had a number of applications so far and we've handed out some conditional offers. So what we want to do is get everyone who we have delivered, or sorry, uh, given the conditional offer to, come to the showgrounds on Friday, uh, 11 o'clock at the showgrounds upstairs in the Academy Suite. Bring your GCSE certificates with you. Bring down some uh, kit to play, some training sessions as well. We're going to talk you through the programme give you your resources that you might need, your start date, and obviously then get on the pitch as well. So even if someone hasn't been um, through the website and put in an expression interest in, they're still more than welcome to come down to the showgrounds 11 o'clock on Friday, and hopefully get you signed up and get you involved. Well, Gary, many thanks for, for joining us today. Uh, good luck with the, the 16s this year. Good luck with probably all your 13 holidays you've booked, and uh, all the best for the education programme as well. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate it. Johnny, from your talk with Gary there, it, it seems in the, an exciting programme and certainly one for any youngster that's an interest in football and obviously education. It's something that they uh, should look at very closely. Of course, I'm a way to get a wig here and new knees and look a bit younger and, and anti-aging cream. And uh, hopefully they'll let me on the let me on the course. But no, you, you speak to people, that's going to be right up everyone's street. Um I think, uh, hopefully I don't speak out of turn, but I think uh, Lewis Tosh might be going on the course this year as well. Um, so, yeah, there's just a lot of boys that just want to play football and see a career in football as well. And, and you you know, we spoke to Patrick Kelly last week and I think the big thing for him is, is yes, he's starring for West Ham's youth team and everyone else, but there's still a bit of education involved there too with him. Um, so, yeah, no, it's the best of best of both worlds, I think, playing football and, and, and getting a bit of education as well. Sure, sure, why not? You'd love to love to have had something like that, Garth, growing up, wouldn't you? Aye, the football, aye, not educational. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do a wee bit of that. That's it. Well, it's, it's, it's very important to you. It's not as if, well, let's hear it. Like, I didn't keep wanting to come back, but with the injury, you weren't, I wasn't, I was never expecting an injury. So even as a young boy, you could have an injury, it could end your career. So you're better to have backup and, and you need the grades to to get places these days. And a, a lot of clubs now, it's in tandem, the football and the education, you know, Korean are doing it, other Irish league clubs are doing it, and it really is um, a sign of the times, isn't it, where it's yeah. not just about football, it's trying to combine and give the guys the best uh, possible chance in, in life. No, that's, that's, that's exactly it. It's not only... It's, there's nearly life in uh, football, unfortunately, but... Uh, <laughs> They need to, if they want to better themselves in their personal life, then they're going to do their wee bit of educational work and knuckle down and get their grades. Right. Well spoken, Gareth. <laughs> That's Sorry, I wish I'd time to sell that many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we should all have done that a few years a little bit. Uh, hey, as you said earlier, it's, it is what it is, whatever exactly. it's going to be. I, I'm a firm believer and things are mapped out for you as well. So with that mind, guys, We'll, uh, we'll turn our attention to this weekend's games across the, the Irish League. And again, there's matches on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. It's a whole new development within the Danska Bank Premiership. And uh, it starts off, there's a couple of games on the Friday night and Corian are at home to Glenavon. Gareth, um, looking at that game on paper, given the fact that Glenavon in their couple of opening games have had four men sent off. They're obviously going to be depleted. But with that in mind, Korean have struggled to beat Glenavon in recent years. So it's no gimme, is it? Let's be honest. It's, uh, there's no, it's definitely not a gimme. Even, I think, in the, la in the last... Well, actually, since I've been there, there's never been a game where we went and actually felt comfortable and beat Glenavon. It's always tight games. Uh, I could go either way. So... 
the boys and Ornall know that there, and they'll be telling the boys that on Friday night that it's no a matter of turning up. We still hate to go out and show a bit, of, a bit of fight and earn the right to play, but I don't think I'll be. I'll definitely not be a gimme. Gary will be coming down, and I think they're chasing. Well, you just says they're forcing an ass, so they'll be chasing the result. Um, see, like we're talking about Glenavon and we haven't beaten them. I think Johnny said last night, maybe in two years or something. Does that kind of bad record permeate into players' heads within a team? Say, for example, you're in that Korean side and you know that you have struggled to beat a team. Yeah. Does that have an effect on your mental state? No, 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 I, I, no I want to say so. That's, that was never, no, obviously, the players. <laughs> I'd have been mentioned about tight games and stuff, but we never have thought mentally. We know if we get the chances, that we will take the chances. And uh, unfortunately, maybe sometimes when they performed against them, maybe they performed and we, honey, and vice versa. But Friday night should be a good game. We're, uh, we're in form at the moment. They're, they maybe, honey, start as good as they wish they did, but all the same, it'll be, it'll be a tough game. It would be a, It's going to be a tough game because, as, as, as everybody knows in the Irish League, there are no easy games, no matter who you play. But I'm just thinking here, if you were able to get the win and you had four wins from the bounce and 12 points banked at this early stage, I mean, that's a heck of a start, Garth, in terms of just getting momentum and just giving you... A, it's been a while since we've had a, as an impressive start, and yeah. that's very important. That's very important. The start is... Uh, everybody wants to start good. Um, like I think our start this year just speaks volumes for the good pre-season that everybody's put on. And uh, it's not we're not there by luck. They're there because they work for it and they deserve it. So uh, hopefully it continues on Friday night and we can get maximum points. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, what do you think? I mean, you obviously know the record against Glenavon, but uh, you and I know Orn as well as, 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 as a lot of people. And his message will probably be that previous games against Glenavon have no bearing in this one because half of the team or three quarters of the team haven't played against Glenavon before. And, and that's obviously the line that they're going to win with, isn't it? You literally took the words right out of my mouth. It's a totally <laughs> different team. There's eight new signings in the squad. Um, they have different players. They have players suspended. You know, as well, you know, for example, we could have said the exact same before we played Cliftonville about the record against them last season. And then obviously new players come in and we beat them so yeah look no it'll be a, be a great start if we can get three points there um and that'd be 12 from 12 obviously that's a fantastic you're not going to get any better than that in august so um yeah it'll be big be, be a tough game it always is against Glenavon. i think the last time we beat them was just the week before covid hit um i think we beat them 2-1 at home so we haven't beat them in two full seasons so yeah look you, you get you go through periods like that you know we couldn't beat Ballam mallard if they had eight men on the pitch for a while there so you know, it's just one of them things. You just go three. You just go three runs. Here's hoping that we can get that right and on uh, on Friday night. It is. It's crazy. And given the the good start that Korean have made and the new players and the sense of uh, not euphoria, but the the feel good factor that's around the the place at the moment, you would expect a healthy crowd on a Friday night as well, wouldn't you? You think so? Just because obviously Friday night game under light, um, bank holiday weekend as well, and. It's probably last week, last night matches that certain school kids might be able to get to um, as well. So, yeah, here's hoping we get a good crowd. Glenavon will probably bring down a decent crowd too if you might want to make the weekend of it as well. So, yeah, um, I think that, you know, we've 1,500 season tickets sold and everyone else. And I think after the start, the players have, I think I think they deserve a good support as well. Um, and here's hoping that, that they can reward them. Yeah, Gareth, I mean, how important is supporters to a team? I mean, you've been in the environment where you've been playing within a team and often people talk about supporters and the 12th man, etc. Um, as a player, how conscious and how aware are you of fans' support? You're, obviously, you're aware they're there, but um, the likes, uh, so last year we had a couple of difficult periods and the the boys needed the support and I think they got the support in fairness and that there gives you that bit of confidence you may be lacking. Um, maybe in a big game, uh, you could be it's a tight game, it's maybe not gone all your way, you're maybe under a bit of pressure. Uh, the supporters will get behind you again, only takes one tackle to liven up the crowd. So, when you hear that roar or the boys singing, that's uh, that gives you that we 
wee bit of encouragement you need. And what about, what about the flip side of that? I mean, as as uh, footballers, there's always one or two wise boys in the crowd. And I mean, do you ever remember, can you ever just laugh to yourself and think about maybe some boys shouting out something from the, the crowd or something that you kind of stood and went, ah. <laughs> like, um, no, no particular, no. I wasn't <laughs> really, no. I'd have got a bit of abuse for other support, the opposite team, but bar that there, no, the, no. What, 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 who would you get the most abuse from? I'd have got the most abuse for a Clifton supporters. Would you? Yes. I thought you were going to say Balamina, maybe. No, Balamina, I got on all right with Balamina. The, I was questionable. I think there was one day we were waiting and I was I, I was taking a throw in or something. And then I got dogs abuse then and then I got spatter, spat on. And then I think a couple of minutes later, London got the exact same treatment. And then later on in the game, our trainer got the treatment. So it's just, it's just them things. That is it's one of them things, as you say. That's that's just life. But uh, so right at this stage, we're wrapping things up here. But Gareth, you know, I'm not sure what if you know that uh, every week we have uh, a prediction league. Me, you, or me and Johnny and our guest, and we look at the matches and we do a little prediction and we see who's right at the end of the year. We'll see who who knows their stuff. I mean, Johnny, looking back last week, there was me, you, and PK. How did they all fare? Yeah, so it's just a five points for a correct score, just to just to keep it um, as simple as possible. Because we're writers, Damien, not mathematicians. <laughs> I, I I I did badly in my maths level talking about uh, levels again. I got one right. I got two nil Korean, but I got the rest wrong. Um, PK got two one Larn right with a dubious penalty. So the guests is on five. I'm on five, and Damien. Um, sorry to say, you're a nun. <laughs> we'll go again. We'll go again this week. We'll go again this week. Shows you what I know. Right, well, here we'll start. The first, we'll start with the first game of my wee list. Here, I'll start with you, Gareth. Friday night, Larn at home to Ballymena, the old mid and East Antrim derby. How do you see that one going? Um, I think Larn will win that one. Scoreline, no, score. yeah, scoreline, scoreline gone 3 1 to Larn. Very good, Johnny. What are you thinking? I, I'll go, I'll go 2 1, Larn. I'll go 2-0, Larn, just for the crack, because I keep getting them wrong. Uh, Johnny, pour, pour it down at home to Glentorn on Friday as well. Pour it down were poor against us, um, and then they couldn't beat Crusaders last night, even though they had 10 men. Glentorn aged one out against Dungannon. I'm going to go 3-1, Glentorn. Okay. Uh, Gareth, what are your I'm thoughts on that? 2-0, two, two Glentorn. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll go 3-0 Torn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care at this stage Gareth as you can see uh, Corian against Glenavon Gareth we'll, we'll come to you first here uh, gone my form um, mm-hmm. I'm gone I'm gone 4-1 to Corian that's bold that's, that's bold. bold I like it but, I like it I like it Johnny what would you say there Right. Um, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go 2-0 Korean again. Okay, I will go 3-1 for Korean. Matthew Fitzpatrick to get the Glenavon goal, by the way. As always. He always scores, doesn't he? He always <laughs> creeps up against us. He does, doesn't he? He has that habit. Um, then on to Saturday, we've got Cliff Neville at home to Dungannon. Johnny, I'll come to you first there. I'll go 3-0 Cliff Neville. Mm. Mm. Gareth, how do you see that one there? You would have again if you go on on form, all known form, yeah. it has to be a home one, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say a home one, but then Gallons, Galway, they're reporting there, they've been unlucky the last couple of games. They went into decisions, they went against them, so I'll go, I'll go 2 1, Cleftonville. Oh, I was thinking, can I go the same as Gareth? Yeah. All right, well, I, I'll go the same as Gareth because I think, as you say, Gareth, Dungannon, they can be tricky opponents. They're good going forward. Well, they've improved at the back with the players that they've brought in this year. So, Cliftonville to win, but maybe not get it all their own way. Um, and then on Saturday, the final game on Saturday, Newry City entertain Crusaders. 
Um, Gareth, obviously, Newry City being promoted. Promoted teams, I suppose, there's an early enthusiasm within a, a promoted club. And I guess that makes them difficult enough opponents, doesn't it, for any team? That's it. I think Newry can do it when years ago and beat us on a Friday night game. Uh, you, just, right. you never know what to, you never know what to expect, um, but I can't see it going any other way. But the crews, the crews are a, yeah. the crews are a, just a dog at side where they'll grind it on them. <laughs> I know, and they have they have a lot of quality in their ranks too. Crusaders yeah. haven't they? The yeah. they've match winners there, which which is important. What what score did you say? Uh, I would go two 0 Crusaders. Okay, I will go two one. Crusaders, give Nuri a goal there. I was going to go two one, uh, but I will go for I'll go for three one Crusaders. That'll do. And then to wrap up the weekend, uh, another Sunday game for Linfield. Uh, this time away to Carrick Rangers. Johnny, I'll start with you. You'd seen Carrick Rangers up close and personal last night. Any chance of them upsetting the Blues? Carrick will play worse this year and win uh, than they did against us. Um, Linfield obviously have a big game uh, this evening in Europe, but again they always seem to get it done. It's just always Linfield way, isn't it? They always get, they always seem to just get it through. I'll go. Uh, so, I don't, <laughs> I'll go four two Linfield. Okay, uh, Gareth, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, that's a tricky one. I think Carrick's a Carrick's a, a good side. Stuart's brought in mm. a lot of decent, good players. Um, with Linfield and Europe, at some stage, they're going to end up being tired. They're going to be a burnout at some stage. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go a draw. I'm going to go... Okay. Well, Louis, and I will go... Haven't seen Carrick last night at their, on their own patch. They created a good lot of chances last night. I think they'll score with the likes of Emmett McGuckin and Curtis in their ranks. Linfield, as you say, playing Thursday. Depending on how that game goes, it could either be up or down. So I'm, I'll go with Linfield to win, but it'll be a high-scoring game, three-two to Linfield, I think, because Carrick will score and they'll concede as well. So, well, that's that's the the predictions all done, and let's hope I do a bit better than I've done previously, Garth. <laughs> You're the man with the, the football knowledge, so I'm hoping I'm expecting big things in your uh, predictions oh, there. Oh, so. <laughs> no, well, Johnny, he's cock a hoop, he's got one right, so that's more than any of us at the minute. <laughs> um, well, here, guys, thank you very much for your time, Garth. Appreciate your time. Um, as I said at the outset, you know, tough decision for you to, to hang the boots up and on the old rusty nail, as I was mentioned in the video. Um, I just hope that you can look back on your time at Corian and, and I'm sure you will with, with fun memories and and more importantly, you know, it's, it's probably not, and I've heard sports people saying it before, Garth, it's not about the medals as such, it's about the memories that you have. Yeah. And that's more important than any medal, isn't it? Well, but I don't know, I don't he won in my time at Corian, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know keep it. So that's just, medals are either nice to get and all, but you just hit the nail on the head, it's all memories. That's the that's what stays there. You're not you're not gonna carry your your medal about me and show people your guy, be able to tell people, oh, I done this, I done that, or I was able to do this. So it's that's nice. It's nice. The memories mean Merlin the the medals and as such. And it's, it's it's about the friends that you've made and about going into battle with people and, and having boys beside you that you go into battle with and and making those friendships that that'll endure for a, for life, won't they? Yeah, big time. That there's, I'm gonna miss football, obviously, but like missing the 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 banter and the carry on the changing rooms and the, oh, just uh, it's just in general the changing room chit chat and as uh, that's that's the hard part because you know you're you left a squad of what twenty four twenty five people, and you just didn't, you didn't hear that there anywhere else as such. No. And that's it. And we all know, like, when you have about 23, 24 lads together, <laughs> do you know? That's that, there's exactly. Never, there's, never, there's never a dull moment, is there? No. There's especially always some of the characters in the changing room, but it's just them um, things. I, I got to enjoy it. And we've done, like, even end the end of season trips and all, there's, there's stuff we've done that I'll never, I'll never forget. Well, that's, uh, that's for a different podcast entirely, those stories. We'll keep uh, them, stories, them stories stay where 
That's it. Uh, <laughs> what, what goes on tour stays on tour. Exactly. I think it's, it's the old adage. Johnny, I mean, I'm sure you'll join me in, in thanking Gareth. And, and I mean, it's great to hear from him and it's great to see him, you know, having great memories and, and looking forward to seeing him at the match against Glenavon on Friday night. Yep, memories and medals as well as all about. And I think when Gareth signed for Corey, if he said he'd won the, the Irish Cup, play in Europe, finish out in the league, you know, League Cup as well, team of the year, you know, you'd a bit, you'd a bit in your hand off for it. So it's a fantastic career that you had. And yes, I'm sure you'd love to have stayed on maybe for another year or two yet. But um, in later life, you'll probably, you know, you'll, you'll appreciate your time with, with your daughters now as well. And it's not as if you'll be, you'll be at nothing, you'll be, you'll be gallivanting all over the company, as you say. So, and I'm sure be a stranger either so be good to see you right see you right well here as i say gar thank you very much for your for your time this afternoon pleasure to speak to you we wish you all the best going forward in the future i said we'll see you on friday night um and so that about brings us to an end for another podcast and big uh thank you to your podcast sponsors radio taxis and of course, all their other sponsors around the club as well. I mean, the club have got some great partnerships developing with the likes of Tim Hortons and then the Newbridge group of restaurants and, and many, many others. So um, anybody that helps to sponsor the club, probably nice to sort of repay them and, and, and visit and, and give them a bit of custom as well. So without uh, any more chat from me, we'd just like to say thanks again to Big G. Thank you to Johnny. And we wish Corey in the very best on Friday night and uh, looking for four wins out of four. So until next week, thank you and come on the Bandsiders. Bye.